Welcome back to Tailgates and Turnovers, the official film crew for college football podcast, part of the Happy Hour Sports Network. Joining me again tonight, Tyler, your host, is going to be Bennett. What's going on, man? Not much. Um, I don't think I told you. I, I tried to rent a car and I had an expired license. I was sick. So, I'm sure that okay. went really well. Yeah, it is what it is. I didn't know. Gotta love good travel stories. Yeah, but um, it's all good. It doesn't matter. As long as you got to figure it figured out, that's uh, that's the important thing. But uh, jumping right back into it, we're up part two of our Big Twelve preview here, and we're gonna kick it off with, I would say, the odds-on favorite to win it this year, the Oklahoma Sooners. So let's Are do they? it. I mean, I would. I think so. I guess I should probably. I think it's Texas. Oh, you're right. It is Texas. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's Texas. Okay. But anyway, a top two. <laughs> team to win the conference uh oklahoma finished the 2022 season with the 13th ranked total offense and 122nd ranked total defense in in fps um not super surprising for a lincoln rally team oh uh, 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 a who a who team? oh shit who lincoln that's right lincoln rally isn't the head coach it's brent fucking venables who is a defensive head He's a defensive coach, right? Just so we're yes. on the same page there? Okay. Yes. So that's bad. Um, that, yeah, it's, uh, that was about the worst possible defensive performance I would have expected out of Oklahoma for bringing Brent Venables in. Um, again, the offense, like the offense, top 15 offense, that's about all you can ask for. But they, they were just really, really bad. And they, it's not like they're recruiting poorly either. Like, they have talent, and I don't know if it was just an issue where the previous staff was not developing them well. Shout out Alex Grinch. But Venables, I just personally, I just feel like he did not do as good of a job as we would have expected of him to put them in position to play well. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It, it does take some time. It does. Yeah, and I'm completely willing to concede that it takes time. But, like, they opened Big 12 play last year with – three losses, a combined score of 144 to 58. Yeah. They, I mean, they just got blanked. They lost to fucking West Virginia. Like, it's tough. And I know Dylan Gabriel missed a significant amount of time too, which definitely put a damper in it. But even with that time he missed, like, it was still the 13th ranked offense. All right, I got to go back. Did you see um, the Philip Fulmer thing about the recommendations for the Tennessee head coach when Jeremy Pruitt got fired? No, I did not. <laughs> One of them said Alex French. <laughs> Alex French, okay. <laughs> he was he was trying to say Alex Grinch. Good job, Palmer. God damn it. That sounds uh, about right. There are some other funny names on the list. But I can't. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, defensive performance was just putrid. And I think the, I mean, the biggest black mark on their record, they got – 40, they got blanked by Texas in the Red River rivalry. Uh, it was 49 to nothing. And, you know, that, like, what are you supposed to do to that? How are you supposed to go to your boosters and say, like, hey, I promise I'm going to get this shit fixed? Like, I don't I know. know, I, I, know he, I know he has a hill to climb. I do. Like, I know that it's going to take some time to get the system in, but I did not expect it to look that bad. I don't know. I've heard some stuff too, and it's, um, like, I mean, obviously the dude's a fucking freak. And I've, I've heard a lot of the stuff of him. Like, I mean, he's in the film room every 
Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday in the offseason, like a lot of the guys that he was he came over with, um, like they're like, well, we got to go in the film room on Saturday, like during the offseason and and just stuff like that, like after they work out. And it's like he I think he he burned out a lot of guys last year, um, which was they just I mean, we we bring it back to Alex Grinch, like the the culture that he brought around the defense was just not built for what Venables had at Clemson. And I, I know he's trying to instill that and I know it's going to take some time. But like you said, I mean, they're getting all the talent in the freaking world like they should be able to. Yeah. And how much time do you give him if the defense continues to underperform? Like if you keep getting guys burning out, like and to to give Venables credit, he's done a good job of diagnosing the problem. I mean, I'm looking at Oklahoma's transfer class, and they brought in four four-star defensive line transfers already. Yeah. Um, he, he knows where the issues are. Problem they, is, they got the, the kid from IU, right? The freshman All-American. Jason McCullough, yeah, he's a linebacker. Yeah. And then they also got uh, Jacob Lacey from Notre Dame, um, Devon Sears from Texas State. Uh, I mean, it, it, they're bringing in a ton of talent. So listen, I, I mean, he knows we, what the. We both work in a world where if you work hard, like it's going to work out. So like, I yeah. mean, if if he can get the guys to build to buy in, I, I don't see any problem, or I don't see any yeah. reason it won't work. Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, just looking ahead, they they brought in they're bringing in only like six in the low sixties on both sides of the ball in terms of returning production. So. Going to be some decent turn turnover from what they had last year. Um, quarterback's situation is going to be the same. They brought in Jackson Arnold, though, who could push to start this year. Uh, I know they've kind of raved about him in spring ball, and we haven't quite yet started fall camp, but something tells me they're going to keep raving about him then. Um, so who knows? I mean, the offense is still going to be good. I'm not worried about that. The question is going to be is, is the defense going to be able to take a step this year? Because if it doesn't, and Oklahoma still ends up not winning as many games as one would expect them to win. Like how much again? How much time does Venables get to put this culture in place? I don't know. How much time do you think they give him? Because I mean, another thing to think about is they're moving to the SEC next year. Like this shit is not going to fly in the SEC if it doesn't get better. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We've we've, we've seen offensive teams like LSU and the SEC that just do. They'll they'll be just fine. So. Yeah, I I don't know if I've seen an LSU defense that bad though. But but I mean I see what you're saying though. Like they have enough offensive talent that they're going to still be able to win some ball games in the SEC just just because of the talent level. Um, I think Oklahoma's aspirations are higher than that though. So I mean you, you got to think that if it doesn't get better, if they don't end up winning more games, that there's going to be some issues there. But yeah. looking ahead at the schedule here. Um, not too bad uh, in terms of challenging games. Obviously, they got Texas on October 7th to look forward to. Um, they've got TCU at the end of the year. And outside of that, like, I'm not seeing a ton of challenge here. Yeah. Um, don't hate me for saying this. Lock it in. 12-0. and 0. They are winning the Big 12. 12-0. Like, 12-0. Maybe eleven and one. They might lose to Texas, but like, yeah. I think I think they're losing to Texas. I think it's going to be a lot closer than everyone thinks. Oh, I know. I mean, it's hard to be farther apart than what it was last year, at least. So, it, yeah, it's going to be a close game. That was the worst loss ever in that game. Ever. Yeah, 
and that game's been playing for a hundred and twenty something years. Like, if that had been a more established head coach, he probably would have been fired on the spot. Like, if that would have been a guy that had been there for a few years with these kind of results, he would have been fired on the spot. I think. Uh, yeah, that that would have been Wayne Kiffin. You're not getting yeah. the bus. Yeah, like, that, that's well, tarmacking. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I mean, the rest of these games, like Arkansas State, obviously, is going to be a win. SMU is going to be a win. Tulsa, Cincinnati, Iowa State, UCF, Kansas, Oklahoma State, who, again, we're both pretty low on, West Virginia, BYU. Like, they're at least winning. I, I, I'm with you on 11 wins, honestly. I, I think it's more likely that they get 10, just because I feel like they're probably going to drop one somewhere. But, like, an 11-win season is completely – expectable this year yeah i mean just historically like in the past 15 years i think they've won at least 10 games like 13 times like yeah so it, I, i'm not betting against them no matter what i mean I, i'm i'm bought in yeah yeah i think they're gonna be a pretty good ball team this year uh i just hope the defense takes another step that's the thing like if they don't take another step then that's gonna be an issue how what was their rank last year? Uh, like total defense? Yeah. 122nd. Yeah, it can't get lower. It, it, uh, if it goes if it goes to top 80 this year, yeah, they're winning 11 games. Yeah. I'm with you there. I, I, I think I have, I have no concerns about the offense. None. Yeah. I'm with you there. I, I don't think it's going to be a big issue. So. Yeah, OU, I mean, going to be a pretty good team. Just going to be a matter of where their ceiling is this year. But definitely going to be competing for a playoff spot, I think. Yeah, I, I think um, nothing would be funnier than Oklahoma finishing it out and Texas not winning the Big 12 like in the last 10 years before they go to the SEC. Honestly, that would be that'd be some some stuff. That'd be great content. Yeah, so I yeah, I'm in on the over. And not, yeah. I'm I'm good with the lock. I'm, it's not even close to a uh, don't touch it for me. Yeah, I, I'd lock the over in on that too. Yeah, feel comfortable with that. So yeah, there's the Sooners. So all right, well, uh, moving moving across the state. Yep. Still Oklahoma still State water. Cowboys. Still water. Um, yeah, they they finished seven six. They were they were one of our finalists for the um, mail it in the FedEx mail it in award. I think. Yeah. No shit. Uh, yeah, they started six and one, and just Mike Gundy. I I don't know what happened last year, um, but once again, he hasn't had a losing season in almost twenty years. Um, offense was pretty good, and the defense was right down there with Oklahoma's. Like we we knew they were going to have some regression after Jim Knowles left for the Ohio State job, but I don't think anyone saw them moving to below a hundred in uh, rush and pass defense. And no, they I, I like I think um, two years ago they had like. 50 sacks or something like that and they didn't get close like i mean i think they had like 20 something last year oh my god yeah the the spencer sanders era is finally over um once again i think that is a term we've used a lot probably addition by subtract subtraction um, yeah but they their returning production this year is pretty bad they had a mass exodus transfer portal wise yeah um, they got hit hard yeah they got, they got a lot of guys coming in and um, Mike Gundy is a big D2 like transfer guy. I don't, I don't know why. Um, so he, he brings in a lot of those guys. But um, Alan Bowman, it looks like he will be the starter at quarterback, which is a name I have not heard in a while. Um, he, yeah, no kidding. 
he played at Texas Tech a little bit, and then he was at Michigan backing up McNamara and like never started. Um, like Brennan Presley is really their only weapon back. Uh, yeah, man, yeah, like, like honestly, the mass exodus really hurt. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, they really lost like their only good defender, Mason Cobb, to USC, who was just named preseason first team all pack 12 like today or yesterday um defense is making some changes they're switching from a nickel to a three three five we'll see i i i really don't know how to gauge that like added a lot of guys in the portal but like overall it's it's not enough for me no um and switching from a four two five to a three three five like notre dame dealt with those issues last year and the year before like you need different players. Like yeah. you can't just plug and play guys and expect it to go okay. Yeah, and it's, I I will say they were they were hurt a lot of last year, but a lot of those guys that were hurt left. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I just don't see them being able to really capitalize this year. Like I still think they'll be good and um, like not good, but average, and they've got some. I wouldn't say like Central Arkansas is a for sure win. South mm -hmm. Alabama is actually typically pretty good, and Arizona State they should beat. I think Arizona State's still at the bottom of the P five. It's a um, mess. Yeah, but I we were just talking about Iowa State last. I don't think they beat Iowa State in Ames, and or is it Ames or Iowa City, whatever. And then uh, I mean Kansas State. Kansas is a shootout. Uh, they it's do. Tough. They do get three of the new four. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, but even those, I I think from a talent perspective, are toss-ups. Yeah, I mean, they're not as far off as one would think. So what's the line on Oklahoma State? Uh, six, six and, and a half. half. It'll be six or seven. Yeah, man. That's a do not touch for me. I would take yes. the under on that, though, if I, if I was pressed to it. I, I would lean under like six wins and then maybe they want a bowl game and go seven and six, but yeah, it's, it's don't touch. Like they, yeah. they, they might, uh, this might buy, finally be the year that Gundy has a uh, losing season. I just, I'm having trouble finding the wins there. Like you got the, the few that you mentioned already, central Arkansas, Arizona state, Houston, maybe, I mean, West Virginia, like there's four there, but then the rest of these are, like South Alabama, South Alabama is typically good, but I mean, it's probably going to end up being a win for them. It should. They have to not lose any of those games, though, and then steal a couple that they're probably not favored in. So I just have a hard time seeing it. I, I would take the under if I had to, but like you said, this is a do not touch for me. Yeah, I would say they're they're probably going to be dogs in in six games. So I mean that that alone should speak enough that. You're you're going to be really really close, yeah. So that's it for the pokes. Let's move on to the actual odds-on favorite to win the conference this year, hailing from Austin, the University of Texas Longhorns. So talk to me about Texas, man. Like this is this is another team that should be pretty fucking good this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know in, in terms of the conference. Like they are right behind Kansas in returning production. Um, but like we said, there's a lot of difference. The players down there are actually really good. Uh, last yeah. year they finished eight and five. Um, tough loss to Washington in the bowl game. 
Uh, they they couldn't stop Washington, but I don't know who could. Um, yeah, so Panics Panic was out and just whipping it everywhere. Yeah, I mean, like they were a top fifty offense, and like right in there with the top defense was like right around top fifty. Um, but they were turning a lot of that offense, and for the first time in a long time, I feel like Texas like has like a really strong offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just inexperienced last year. Like they just a lot of raw guys that needed the reps to get better. I, I mean, I think they started two or three true freshmen last year, and even then they were like pretty damn good. So yeah. as, as long as those guys can keep taking a step forward, like they'll be fine. Um, behind Ohio State, probably the best wide receiver room in the nation. Yeah, I would say I, so. I, I would I would think so with uh, Mayer's back, Worthy's back, and then they got A.D. Mitchell over from Georgia. And yeah, that's, that's we're, we're not going to talk about uh, Ajayi Hall. Because who knows what he's even up to? Um, yeah. Like I mean, he lost Bijan Robinson, kind of, and Roshan Johnson. I, I don't want to downplay that either. But um, like, still the defense is pretty good. Like I mean, like you talk about size. Like they've got a big defensive line. They've got a. Mm-hmm. They they recruited athletes for linebacker and in the secondary. Like, and when you talk about recruiting athletes in the secondary, like a second can make a big difference. Yep. So. Yeah, I'm right I, uh, there with you. And I, I think they are also a lock for an over. The mm-hmm. uh, the line is set at nine and, nine and a half. half I think. Yeah, yeah, and just looking. I mean, they got Alabama, which as scared as I am to fucking say this, I think it's going to be a good game. Yes, I am terrified to say that because I, as soon as that left my lips, I knew that God heard that and was like, okay, Alabama's winning by thirty. Um. But you've got that's a that's a game that would be a toss up here. I don't have any like confirmed lo- like lock losses for Texas. Yeah, no confirmed losses. Um, Bama is the only game that they're not going to be favored in. I think I, unless I think the not, fall off. Like I, I think Oklahoma might be a uh, pick them because it's, yeah. it's it's a neutral site and all that. But um, that's true. Don't want to talk about those- the model. Don't want to talk about the model too much. But according to the model, Texas is forty nine percent against Alabama on the road. So. That's high. Yeah, I mean that's that's quite literally a toss up. Like, I mean, anything could happen. I I, I think they're going to be really good, and I don't see them struggling with a lot of the games on the schedule. Like, yeah, I don't see them dropping a game that they like. In addition to what you already said about just the level of talent that they have there, all that returning production that they're bringing in is going to be so important especially on the trenches like you said like you have those guys who have your reps not only do they just have reps for themselves to get better but like they learn the guys around them you know what i mean yeah like they learn how everybody else blocks they the receivers learn how everybody kind of walks and runs routes and everything so like this being an experienced veteran team is going to be nothing but good for them so i know you mentioned OU being your team to, to win the conference this year um Texas is mine. I think yeah. all this re- all this returning production is just going to pay off for them, and they're going to be a really fucking good team this year. They might make the playoff. Yeah, could the Big Twelve have two playoff teams? Embrace debate. People are asking. All right, uh, you ready for a stat? Sorry, what was that? Are, are you ready for a stat? A stat? Yes, I am ready for a stat. Sark has never won more than nine games ever. Fuck. Does he yes. just get to nine and just forget how to coach, or like what's the what's the context? Dude, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I don't have the I don't have his head coaching record. I think he's only gotten a nine once. God damn it! 
and that's including Washington, USC, and Texas. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll stake my claim. I'll be I'll be the one to hop on the Sark bandwagon. All right, and then obviously, I mean, we didn't even say his name. Quinn Ewers is back. Quinn Ewers, man, he is a he had some ups and downs last year, which was kind of expected with where he was, but. I know it's a one-game sample size, and you can't really base everything off of that. But it was Alabama. Like he was until he got hurt, he was slinging it. Yeah, and yeah. like he was carving that defense up. I mean, obviously, uh, if you're listening, join the Discord. But like that game thread for us last year was going fucking bananas. It was electric. I mean that that game was about as good as you could have asked for for a Texas Alabama game. Yeah, I think this year is going to be pretty close to the same i mean it's it's two of the top they're they're two top 10 like fbs programs no matter which way probably top five so yeah elite um, helmet matchup for sure yeah i mean traditional uniforms but they're very nice um yeah so my other problem is uh how big of a leash does quinn yours have realistically all year oh, a, big, a big one yeah yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm I'm really just hoping he doesn't get hurt this year, and we can just see how it plays out. Yeah, same here. I, I think he's. I'm excited to watch him play. I'm excited to watch this Texas team. Like they're going to be fun. Yeah, no, I agree. So, yeah, like I said, lock that over in. Um, unless the wheels fall off, I mean, we can't predict injuries. So if like yours gets hurt, or you know, they lose a bunch of people, like, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's one of those. They're, they're they're building the depth though. Like I mean, they are, and Texas they've always recruited good talent. That's the thing. Like they need to get some of these defensive players in the first round though. Like yeah, it's been a while. Um, it's been like twenty something years since they've had a defensive player go in the first round. Really? I think I think it's been at least because I remember when we were when we were going into the draft, someone mentioned that stat. What was the? Uh, what was the? Wasn't a. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro, a first rounder to the Saints, the safety. Maybe. Yeah, he might not. He might not have been though. He might have been like top of the second round. But I mean, he never really panned out in the NFL either, so it didn't really matter. Uh, All right. Yeah, Derek Johnson. That's the last one. Okay. Uh, Roshan was okay. So actually, it was no Texas player had been drafted in the first round since defensive lineman Malcolm Brown in 2015. So oh, Jesus, that's pathetic. Yeah. So Bijan was the first one. Listen, man. Um, Still haven't been a defensive player. So. Yeah. Listen, I, I don't know people's thoughts on uh, Bijan, but ever since PFF started grading college players, and I'm just kind of going on a Falcons rant now, Bijan is the highest graded college running back in the past since they started rating in like 2010. So he's yeah. higher higher than Zeke, higher than Christian McCaffrey, higher than Saquon, and they got him in eighth. So, yeah, that's yeah, man. Running back value is just not there for me to take a running back top ten. Like unless you, unless you just had a, a horrible, the worst injury luck imaginable and you just lost everybody, and that's why you were so bad. Um, I, I still can't justify it. But I, as a Bears fan, I am excited about Roshan Johnson. I think he's going to be a pretty fucking good player too. He just yeah. happened to be. Stuck behind Bichon. <laughs> no, I mean he was still awesome when he was there. It's uh, yeah, and I think so, he's going to be really good in the NFL. I'm hoping so. But yeah, no, TC or Texas is going to be a really good team. I just tipping picks here. This is going to be the next thing we talk about, though. The TCU Horned Frogs. 
So time to get horny, Bennett. Yeah, man. It's um obviously it was just the year of all years. I mean, it was the ultimate Cinderella story. And I'm gonna pat myself on the back and say that I was high on TCU in the beginning of last year, uh, when most of the other people on the podcast were not. Um, anyway, I who you would have been talking about there, but uh you and I think it was EOS. Yeah. Yeah, but um I know I was not for sure. So I, I was very surprised by how the how last season turned out for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to name some guys that last year just really jumped out. I mean, like, I really liked Kendra Miller going into last year. I thought he was taking over Zach Evans' job really well and Quentin Johnson. Um, obviously, nobody in their right mind could have seen what Max Duggan was going to do. Um, I think that was the but, thing with me was just Duggan. Like, I did not have a ton of faith in him. Well, I mean, we'll get to that in a second, but, like, it, it wasn't even Duggan. Like, it, yeah. it wasn't going to be him. Um, but at the end of the year, at the end of the day, man, the sixty-five to seven blowout in the national championship, like it's gonna sting and it's gonna sting for a while. Um they got eleven returning starters this upcoming year. Um, which I mean they were just absolutely decimated. Like, I mean, they lost yeah. a ton. Um, I mean that that puts them at 118th in the nation. So thirty-three percent of their offensive snaps coming back. That is yeah. unreal. Yeah, it's it's going to be really hard. The only team that was below them in the conference was Cincinnati. And, I mean, if you listen to the last episode, you know how we feel about them. Uh, I, I say that, but, I mean, they're kind of turning into, like, transfer you. Like, they, they're they turning mm-hmm. into, like, a, an Ole Miss-type deal. Like, I mean, they're bringing over Trey Sanders from Alabama, who was a five-star and just kind of never really got into his groove at Alabama. But, I mean, he's got all the talent in the world. Um the defensive side of the ball, they do have Dominic Williams coming back. Dominic, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, uh, he was a freshman All-American at, at linebacker, like really good. Uh, but this secondary in a pass-heavy conference is, like, about to get exposed. Yeah. it's, it's You're just lacking talent right now. Yeah. And like I said, like, they're, they're getting a lot of guys in the transfer portal. Like, big, big name – top 250 guys that just didn't get to play their freshman year at other places. No. Um, but the other big thing is uh, Chandler, son of Chad Morris, is back. And, I mean, he was slated to be the starter last year and got hurt right off the bat. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. like first quarter of week one, Max Duggan took over. And it's uh, – I, I just – I'm not too sure how he's going to do. And the biggest part of all this – I, I mean, I don't know how much we can like throw Garrett Riley into it, but you've you got Kendall fucking Riles coming over from Arkansas after he flirted with taking the Mississippi State job to be your office court. So I, I don't know, man. Like I, I just I can't see this year going too well for them in general. Yeah, and I mean you already mentioned it with Garrett Riley leaving. I think that's gonna be a bigger part than a lot of people are going to give credit. I mean, people are probably going to mention it, so I can't say that. But Kendall Bryles, like uh, Bryles in Texas, I guess, is just a, a good fit somewhere. But Dude, he, he wasn't good at Florida State, and he wasn't good at Arkansas. No, he wasn't. So I am very concerned about TCU this year. Um, look, and I mean, look, they're, look forward to a lot of fucking wide receiver screens that aren't going to work. Like, yep. that's what he does. Yep, it is. And – like their their line is set at seven and a half wins. 
man, it's they. I mean, I feel like they could probably get close just because the bottom of their schedule is pretty light. They've got Texas and Oklahoma as two of their last three games. Um, they still got Kansas State and Texas Tech that they got to worry about. But the rest of the schedule is not too bad, honestly. Uh, let me let me get one thing straight for everyone out there before you even start thinking about it. They are going to blow the brakes off of Colorado. They're going to beat yeah. the shit out of them. Yes. Like, this is not going to be a close game. I am begging. We are begging you guys. Don't do it. We know what you guys are thinking. We know the Coach Prime stuff is fun. They're going to lose by probably four touchdowns. We're doing Pac-12 next week. Yeah. Listen, Colorado is going to be dog shit. Yeah, uh, they, they're going to suck. Yeah, I, I, they're not going to be good. But um, I can't believe yeah. they had a line of five and a half wins at one point. I should have taken the under on that when I had the chance. I mean, honestly, it's I, I don't know what their uh, out-of-conference is looking like, but they're not going to win. a. They might beat Arizona State if they play them, but that's it. Yeah, Stanford, they're not going to beat even. Like, or Stanford Cal. might actually, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but um, even some, back to TCU, even some of these other games on the schedule, like I'm not confident in SMU, the, uh, the what do they play for, the, the Iron Skillet? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not confident in that. Um, really, the only game I'm confident in is uh, BYU. I mean, BYU, Nickel State, and Colorado. That's three. Houston, you're not confident in? No, I'm not confident in West Virginia. Yeah, that is possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough, man. They have they have to win all of the games that they, in theory, should win in order to even get up to this this line. I got to take the under on this. Three, four, five. I've got five automatic losses. That's seven wins. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm under. If they go bowling again, great. I'm pulling for them. I really liked what they did last year, but I'm, I'm yeah. Under. I've got nothing against TCU. I like what they did. I think Sonny Dykes is a great coach. So when you're returning 32% of your offensive production, like it's not going to be that good. They're going to yeah. need time to gel out, and like they're, it's just not going to be not going to be a good year. It's fine. Like it, you guys got to the play, you guys got to the national championship last year, winning a playoff game. You know how many fan bases would kill for for that? Yeah, and I'm sure TCU fans know that, and they're fine with riding the wave. Yeah, this is um, Sonny Dykes did have the uh, quote of. Uh, Big 12 media days for me. He said uh, the team was all stake, no sizzle. You you literally can't stop Sunny Dykes from ordering waters and steaks. Slop them up, baby. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be a bad year for TCU, but, I mean, definitely not bad enough to, like, put his job in danger. Like, he's he's safe for a couple of years for sure. Oh, he's cemented. They, it took them yeah. forever. I mean, Gary Patterson won 10 games every year, but it's – yeah, he's locked. In. He's locked in yeah. foreseeable future. So, all right, that'll bring us to one of the more exciting teams, I think, this year. Uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders um, finished off with a pretty decent record. They were went eight and five, uh, as you would expect with a Texas Tech team. They had a top twenty-five offense and a bottom twenty defense. So, Big Twelve not having defenses is just alive and well like it always has been um, yeah, overall about it's about as good as you could have expected from that Texas Tech team last year um, had some brutal losses had some good win I mean it, it was it was back and forth like they they did well and I think they're going to be looking to build on that coming into this year yeah I, mean, I totally agree yeah and it, it's just going to be 
it's tough because some of the some of the losses they had last year were bad. Like they lost to Baylor forty five to seventeen. Like they got crushed by a couple of these teams. But then they go and beat teams like OU. Like it, it's going to be a question of if they are going to be able to build off what they laid the foundation for next year. And obviously they're notorious for the air raid and. Like, I don't think the offensive production is going anywhere. I, I like this team a lot coming into it with some of the pr- returning production that they have. I mean, they're returning 75% of their offensive production. Um, it's going to be another really good offense. The defense has a ton of turnaround this year. So, um, you know, it remains to be seen how that's going to look. But it's going to be an exciting team. Like, it's going to be another team where I'm smashing overs. Oh, 100%. I, um, yeah, like you said, I, I'm really, really high on them. I, uh, I think they're going to have a great year in the conference. And really, if uh, we were talking about it, they're, they're my uh, third team overall in the conference right now behind those other top two we've already talked about. Yeah. And they've been pretty active in the portal, granted. Some of that is because they've lost a few guys to the portal, but like, they've, they brought in a ton of offensive linemen and had a lot leave. Like, it's, it's a team that's going to be in a lot of flux. So I think overall, we're going to get more of the same with Tech this year. It's going to be high-powered offense, blast to watch. Defense is going to be pretty suspect at times, but it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I, um, I'm really looking forward to it, and they have maybe the most exciting – I mean, uh, besides Texas and Alabama, the most exciting um, non-conference game on the schedule for the whole year. Oregon, yeah. Yeah. Overfest, baby. Yeah, for sure. As long as it's as long as it's under eighty, it's an overfest. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how the uh, the clock rules affect some of these lines. If they're going to affect right away, or if this is something where you're going to be able to hop on some overs early and get some good ones in, just because you're going to get teams playing for possession. Yeah, I I, I totally forgot about that. The clock I rules. Hate I hate that fucking rule. Yeah, I really don't like that either. It's probably gonna knock most of these lines down by like ten points. Yep. Yeah, we're, so, going, from, we're going from seventy-eight um, Washington versus Arizona State to uh, like fifty. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, again, it's just gonna be a matter of do they overcorrect right off the bat and put the uh, put the lines too low, and so you can still make money on the uh, overs, or you know, are they? Vegas is usually pretty fucking good about finding the lines, so. Um, yeah, but they're they're scheduled this year, not looking not looking like anything crazy to play in a lot of the middle of the conference that you would expect them to be playing. They're making the Texas rounds. Um, West Virginia, they've got on their schedule, which I think they're going to win that game. Like this is a pretty decent schedule for Texas Tech. Their their line is set at seven and a half as well, and I'm I feel pretty solid about the over on this one. I feel pretty confident about that as well, um, and honestly. I'm calling it now. They're going to beat Oregon at home. So, yeah, I mean, like that's that's their big toss up. I mean, I'm even on top of that. I mean, really, their only true road test is at Texas. I mean, they got to go to Baylor too, but I, I'm pretty confident they can beat Baylor on the road. Yeah, I, I think Baylor's going to. We talked about them in the earlier episode, but they're they're just going to be a tough team this year. So, um, yeah, I like Texas Tech on the over here. Um, the only really like. Lock loss I have is to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. On the road, that's just too tough. Yep. And so 
with that, we are moving out of the state of Texas and heading over to the East Coast. We are getting the UCF Golden Knights. Yeah, so UCF uh, had a 9-5 and five year last year. Um, started off a little rocky in a couple spots, but they were able to pull out a pretty solid a solid year. Uh, John Reese Plumley is obviously going to be back this year. Um, fun player to watch. Had a couple of really, really exciting games over the course of the season. But Gus Malzahn, I mean, he knows what it's like to recruit at a high level. Like, he's obviously made his rounds in college sports. So he he has probably been preparing for this move for a while in terms of how he's been building his recruiting classes. So I think of any of these new teams that are going to be coming in, UCF is going to be the one that's the most prepared to play this next level of ball. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's um, yeah, definitely UCF and Houston for me. Um, yeah, but like you said, I mean John Reese Plumley. Um, he's I mean pretty much fastest man alive <laughs> at quarterback. Uh, I don't remember what he yeah, had wheels. Like, yeah, and uh, I saw the clip. He had to like run out the stadium and go to a baseball game <laughs> on the same day. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, they do have a new officer coordinator, and I'm blanking on his name. But he's a he's an old UCF quarterback, and he did say they're going to try and throw the ball a little more, which kind of sketches me out because, I mean, with John Reese Plumley, he's more of a running guy, and even in Gus Malzahn's yeah. past systems, that's usually what you get. Yeah, yeah, Darren Henshaw. I mean, it's going to be like you said, Plumley's a running quarterback. I don't know if he's a guy that you can entrust to do like not an air raid, but just a more pass heavy scheme. I feel like that's just something you got to worry about with their offense there. Um, when you're looking ahead though, like the team itself, they're about average in what they've returned as far as the schools. Um, almost 70% on defense. I'll say it's 69%. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Get that out of the way. Um, and then 62% on offense. So I, they're doing a lot better than a lot of their counterparts in the big 12 in terms of retaining the talent that they have. So I mean, I think you're going to see, like I said, this is going to be a team that is going to be in good shape coming into Big 12 play. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's get it straight. They're returning the most AAC production out of the Big 12. It's it's kind of it's really sure. really hard to uh, to gauge that. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the talent that they're bringing in in the portal. I mean, you got guys coming out of Kentucky, out of Florida. Like you, you have talent that is coming in from a higher level than what they typically recruit at. So I think that they are going to be okay. Uh, yeah. Some of the on three weirdos were talking about how they have like the third best recruiting class. And it's like, no, they just have, they have like 30 recruits signed already for next year. It's not, yeah, it's not the same. On three is incompetent. So shout out to 24 seven. Yeah. We're 24 seven fans here. Um, I can't believe Staples went to on three. God damn it. But yeah, yeah no, I, I think I think UCF out of any of these new schools that is coming in is going to be in the best shape to play Big 12 ball here. And like the schedule for them, uh, they've got Oklahoma and then the rest of these, like it's just going to depend on what versions of a few of these teams show up, like Baylor, like Kansas, like Texas Tech, like in theory, they should be able to at least hang and be competitive. Yeah, um, they got they got a tough road. Like Boise State is still pretty tough on the road. Yeah, they're a tough out. 
um, field. But that that middle is kind of a, a murderer's row with at Kansas State, Baylor at yeah. home, at Kansas, and at Oklahoma. Like, yeah, that's tough traveling. Yeah, if, if they can come out five hundred out of those, like it, this, this will be a good season. For yeah, I completely agree. And you know, their line is set at six and a half. So I mean, I think a lot of people are expecting them to be about a five hundred ball club. Um, I. This is on a do not touch list for me. Like I, I don't know which way this line is going to end up moving. Um, trying to find the wins here, it's it's hard. Like Kent State and Villanova, those are for lock. sure. But the only the only other lock I have is I, I think they beat Cincinnati. Yeah, the rest of these I just don't. I'm not confident in. Yeah, this is do not touch territory. 100. Um, percent If you had I, to pick one, which way would you go? Under, yeah, that's kind of barely under though. I think I think they'll go bowling. Well, let me let me make sure. Hold on, one, two. Uh, I think they can. Yeah. I think they can win at home against West Virginia. I think they can beat Houston. I think if Kansas ends up coming back to earth, I think they can beat Kansas. Like there are games there that they can win. It's just a matter of can they catch them on the right day. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm more inclined to even say they can beat Oklahoma State than. West Virginia. I don't know. I'm about to change your mind in West Virginia in like a minute. I cannot wait to hear this. Yeah. Yeah. So you're leaning the under on that though as well. I I'm leaning the under. There's just too many questions. And uh, I mean, Houston, West Virginia, Kansas, like those are all going to be shootouts. Like who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? Honestly, I, UCF probably has the best defense out of those three teams that I just listed. So, I mean, I, I lean them that way. I mean, it, it might be an over, but it, this is um, this is similar to one of the other teams. I forget who it was. This is gonna be six or seven wins. It's gonna be one or the other. It's it's uh, too close to call. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State is who we talked about with that. Yeah. So I mean, just way too close to call. Yep. Completely agree there. But it's, I, I'm excited for them to be in the conference. I think they've got a good chance to be very successful. But the the travel for them is just brutal. Yeah, that's that's the big thing, and who knows? We might end up getting more conference realignment that makes travel a little bit easier for them. But at this point, it's I just I don't envy them. I mean, who's who's the closest team for them? Is it Houston or Cincinnati? Probably Houston. Yeah, I, they're. I bet Cincinnati's a closer drive, but I bet Houston's a shorter flight. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking on that too. And that's not a close drive by any means either. No. I mean, uh, Cincinnati from Atlanta is like six hours, and then Orlando from Atlanta is like seven. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like over a twelve-hour drive. Yep. So, yeah, like I said, hopefully there's some more realignment. At least for their sake, I hope there's some more realignment that gets them kind of a semi-pod of teams that they can have home stands against or travel to. That like, makes it a little easier on them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you ready right. for me to? Uh, Change your mind on West Virginia. I'm ready for you to try. I mean, I I don't know if I'm gonna be able to, but we're gonna um I'm gonna Let's do my out. best. I'm gonna do my best politician. <clears throat> okay. So West Virginia last year went five and seven. Uh, they did rack up three Big Twelve wins with a uh, a weird win against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and they also were able to upset the Baylor Bears. Uh, the offense finished 57th overall, but the defense was still pretty low down there. Um, but even last year, a lot of these games were pretty close. Um, 
they barely lost that backyard brawl that came down to the last minute. And then they lost in the shootout to Kansas in overtime. So I think that was, if I remember correctly, that game was Kansas scored and then Kansas ran a pick six back from our favorite transfer portal quarterback, JT Daniels. Where's he at now? Rice. Yeah, he's at Rice. And also, um, is it Luke McCaffrey? He's he's down yeah. there at wide receiver. I don't I don't know. It's just a shit yeah, show. But good for, school, good for Jaden Daniels, man. Yeah, I mean, dude, listen, Rice is a really good school, and mm-hmm. it is what it is. Four schools in five years. I mean, maybe Rice can uh, do something this year. So, all right, JT Daniels is out. That's one of the big questions for this upcoming year right off the bat. Um, you got Garrett Green, who looks like he's going to be the starter. Nico Markiel, Markiel? I might be pushing that. He was a high, highly rated recruit, is uh, in there battling, but it, it looks like it's going to be the uh, more experienced quarterback starting, who's a redshirt junior. Also on the offense, the entire offensive line is back. Uh, a running back room is back that had over 1,200 yards last year. Um, their only running back that's left was the guy that went to Houston that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, they will have to replace Bryce Ford Wheaton, who was um, like a very good possession wide receiver. He's you know six four. So, <clears throat> but this team ran for two thousand yards last year. And that's something I don't think we really realize, especially on West Virginia when we think about like the Geno Smith days where they were putting up sixty three points on Clemson. Um, yeah, I mean that's definitely first thing you think of with them is passing the ball. Yes, and they are moving towards becoming a running team. Graham Harrell, uh, former Texas Tech legend, has left to be the offensive coordinator at Purdue. And, I mean, we just talked about running ball. Their running back coach from last year, uh, Chad Scott, is stepping in to be the offensive coordinator. Okay. Yep, they're running the ball more. Yes. Um, So, replacing Bryce Ford Wheaton, uh, they do have Devin Carter, who's coming over from NC State who's kind of a similar build and just a guy that can go up and get some balls defensively. They sucked. I mean, they just fucking did. Uh, they were 111th last year. They got destroyed through the air, like nonstop, but the front is strong and the middle is strong. So it's really all going to come down to whether or not the secondary can get any better. Sounds like Michigan state and I'm just fed up with it, but looking forward to their schedule. They're dodging Texas, and they're playing all four of the new team. It's a good draw. Yeah, they got they got a really good draw this year. Um, playing all four of the new teams. They got Oklahoma State, who we're not high on. They got Baylor, who we're iffy on. They got TCU, who we're really iffy on. And then I would say Texas Tech and Oklahoma are their sure losses. Yeah. Um, out of conference, Man. out of conference, super scary. They're playing Penn State for the first time in forever, and then they're still playing Pitt. So that's that's where the Texas, you know, lack of a draw really comes back. I mean, they're bringing a lot of guys back. I mean, they're around 70% on both sides of the ball. And Neil Brown is coaching for his job. Like, I mean, if he doesn't win six games this year, like, he's gone. Yeah. Man. Okay. You might have, you might have sold me a little bit. Huh. I mean, looking at – yeah, looking at this schedule, man, like, there's – it's like you said, Oklahoma – Texas Tech are the only ones that I would pencil in as like surefire losses, and even Texas Tech, like who, who knows? fucking knows? Like the Texas, te- the wheels could just 
any of these big 12 schools just feels like if like one negative thing happens the wheels could fall off like there's not a lot of schools i felt feel like they're built to like bounce back yeah penn state uh happy valley week one's a loss like they're not yeah easily a loss yeah like i was talking to conference schedule yeah yeah and then um yeah just non-conference i mean they're playing duquesne which is a win and uh pitts a toss-up i mean it's a it's a rivalry game yeah throw the record books out yep yeah and their total is only five and a half man this one's a do not touch territory for me but the fact that i'm not instantly taking this as an under um you you convinced me i could i could be pretty easily swayed to lean over after everything you brought out i i'm in do not touch but i'm leaning over like yeah yeah i think i i think they have an opportunity to win never mind that's nope uh, never mind win what nope what were you gonna say now's the time for hot takes if we're gonna give them i think they have an opportunity to win 10 games wow an opportunity i think that's their ceiling yeah. that's their ceiling i think they could realistically i think their floor is five so it's like it's yeah. honestly like the biggest variance that is possible. yeah and if you think their floor is if you think their floor is five and five and a half like you gotta take the over on that yeah I think the floor is a little bit lower than that, which is why I'm still kind of in do not touch territory. But yeah, yeah. I mean, these games are there's a lot of winnable winnable games. They got a really good draw. Like they're avoiding Kansas State. Like, yeah, yeah this is a good draw for them. Yeah, uh, like I said, I'm not touching it, but I I could really see uh, them just ground and pound, and maybe the defense can just bend, don't break. Like, it, it could end up being a uh, a weird and good year for them yeah for sure i like it all right, all right. i'll ride with you all right that's the big 12. got that all wrapped up so next time we are going to start the pac 12 and then we're going to finish off with the big 10 and then the sec now we're going to get into week zero we're going to have some of the guys from our fellow happy hour sports pods sounds like we're going to get dj and potentially andy to join us as well be sure to check out Sharp in the Public on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And also be sure to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell them about us, get the word out. Um, you can find our articles on happyhoursports.net as well. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TNTCFBPod. Find us on threads at Tailgates and Turnovers. And anywhere on social media you can find us but until next time and even after next time please don't tweet at recruits yeah don't tweet um, them don't even don't come up to them and talk to them at like camp if they're if they show up at camps don't do it during games just let them let them do their thing if you're listening and you you are one of these people i'm disappointed in you because threads user count activity went down half in like a week <laughs> and i was having a lot of fun on there yeah threads uh it seems like it may have gone off its, off a cliff but we're gonna keep fighting the good fight on our end at least too many bots yeah so with that being said good night everybody we'll see you next time night,